thank you for listening the podcast and we have rajiv srivatsa who's a co-founder co of urban ladder and who had got 40 under 40 forbes 40 under 40 for fifth consecutive years amazing thank you so much rajiv for being here thanks for me for having me you've been working in in uh, server space companies and then product based company and then you started up and what how was your journey altogether being a software engineer till today as a co-founder of urban ladder um if i look back at my last uh, i think it's close to 18 years i think it's been a fabulous ride uh, i started off as a software engineer and then went on to do product and marketing roles and then co-founded urban ladder i think uh, the entire journey whether i was working before my mba or after my mba uh, working here in india working abroad and then the whole process of starting up i think i have just had a set of very rich experiences met some great people learned a lot of stuff and uh, i don't think i would have had it uh, any different that's amazing so you started up one fine day but how did you find your co-founder because uh, even when we go to the events or when we talk to our friends they always have a lot of ideas but then having one perfect co-founder is the secret sauce how did you find your co-founder and what's your advice for the other aspiring entrepreneurs uh funnily enough this is one of the most oft repeated uh, questions that i get right in terms of how do i find a co-founder and uh, i just really honestly got lucky because uh, mm-hmm. i used to do a lot of activities with uh, ashish when we were in campus together and i am bangalore this was uh, way back in 2003 2004 and mm-hmm. uh, coincidentally when we both moved to bangalore around the same time this was 2008 and uh, we used to keep meeting for weekends uh, over dinner and keeps talking about the startup ecosystem so one thing led to the other and i just was lucky because you know i had worked with ashish in the past uh, in campus i we knew each other we knew our strengths we knew our weaknesses we knew our working styles we knew our values so uh, i honestly got lucky and uh, you know i would say it's possible to manufacture this luck in some way because you know if mm-hmm. you are either today doing your mba or you know in your first job or uh, you're building towards wanting to start up at some future point in time right maybe in the next 4 years next 5 years i think it's mm-hmm. possible to at some level manufacture this luck which is to make sure that you get to work with a lot of really smart people uh, either at your work or when you're meeting uh, for different forums have a very wide extended network uh, mm-hmm. and look for people with complementary skills but similar values because mm-hmm. that's the ideal co-founder at some level right and mm-hmm. uh, because we all grow into different uh, professionally over a 7 10 year period so it's uh, you know crazy enough to grow in different axes but uh, at least at the start if you can find people who are uh, pretty complementary at least uh, to what you bring as a core skill set then i think uh, and you have a wide network of such people so that uh, based on the industry based on the kind of uh, startup you're doing you may need very different kinds of co-founders so uh i would say just have a wide network work with a variety of people and uh do a great job when you're working with these people because these people should have a good reputation of you if you're going to pitch them to be starting up with you they better have a very good reputation of you amazing good i think uh, people who are listening they might get lucky as well so the next question is about urban ladder how can we not ask about urban ladder because you started it in 2012 and 1 million of funding and then 5 million and then 20 million and then mr ratan tata invested in it it is i think it's a very fast uh, paced uh, startup i would ever say uh, what's your take on it and what's what's cooking up or what is next in urban ladder 
Sure. I think it's been a fabulous ride for the last seven years. And for us, uh, you know, we have raised uh, uh, a lot of money from different kinds of investors. But more than that, I think for us, what's been uh, a great uh, experience is the kind of customers and the kind of customer service that we are known for, for the kind of products that we're able to sell to those customers and uh, the kind of team members that we have had, right, in terms of being able to groom. And at the end of the day, uh, the every single step that we take towards our vision, which is to make millions of homes beautiful, I think we are on the right track. And it's been obviously fraught with a lot of ups and downs in terms of just the startup journey, right? Mm-hmm. And as any other, you know, uh, uh, a startup is like any other living organism, just like the personal uh, goes through a lot of ups and downs, so does the startup. So over the last seven years, I think uh, literally the true wins have been, I think, on the customer side, on the product side, and on the team side. And mm-hmm. uh, I think investments and, you know, press coverage and all of that just is, you know, is a sort of the uh, function of the times so mm-hmm. we don't actually uh, at least in hindsight today we don't uh, put too much uh, you know focus on that and if you ask me what's the way going forward I think uh, uh, three things one is we uh, hit our first uh, set of profitability uh, in the last quarter so and we want to continue and deliver an entire profitable year for this financial mm-hmm. year I don't think any startup or any uh, really commerce company has been able to do that. And if we can do that, we'll be one of the first uh, mm-hmm. at a pretty uh, reasonable revenue scale. So that's the first priority, at least for this financial year. In extension okay. to that, second pr- priority is to make sure that we grow, at least in cities where we still don't have retail. We only have mm-hmm. right now in Bangalore and Delhi. Uh, we just opened in Pune this week. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. opening in Bombay, Chennai, uh, Calcutta, uh, Hyderabad very soon. So just expanding in retail and making sure that we are doing this Uh, Through a new route, we just opened our first franchisee store. So we are planning to expand a lot more through the franchisee route. Uh, So making sure that that works really well, making sure that the customers have the same experience that they have in our own stores in Bangalore and Delhi, in all of these new stores, Uh, Mm -hmm. and growing on retail. I think that's going to be a continuing priority because clearly the customer feedback has been that uh, we want you to be in retail and we want uh, to touch and feel the product, especially the bigger size products. And we have also Mm. seen retail take off really well. Uh, So the whole omnichannel experience where the combination of offline and online and I think building on that experience and making sure that customers have a great experience, I think that's sort of the second priority. And do all of this in a way where our customer service levels are uh, what I was talking about, which is one of the reasons why we built Urban Ladder, which is to make sure that customers have a great experience and our net promoter score is one of the highest across any consumer industry across the world and it's close to 75 to 80. And we want to make sure that we do this. That essentially means that we give a great product, we give a great delivery experience and we gave a great after sales experience if there is any issue that the customer has so do all of this in a way that the customer service and the customer experience is phenomenal uh, i think these are the three priorities and i don't think these will change for the foreseeable future uh, mm-hmm. for the next year to two years and uh, do all of this as i said profitably towards going towards an ipo uh, in the next two years wow that's amazing but uh, though you talk more about customers and what they feel about keeping their their houses have you know as a happy place and a beautiful place but your ecosystem is definitely changing from 2012 till 2019 i think you have quite a lot of competitors now when you compare it with 2012 how are you managing that are you really looking at the competitors uh, are you going to tell me that i am just focused on my customers how are you tackling both of them 
see in any sector competition is real right and competition mm-hmm. has a huge set of ramifications in terms of uh, the kind of uh, price points the kind of designs that they bring in the kind of service they bring in uh, mm-hmm. the thing is when you are in a marketplace kind of an environment where the winner takes all let's say ola let's say amazon let's say you know mm-hmm. all of these different marketplaces uh, ob- obviously it's a very tough fought match right because uh, typically marketplaces work on a model of winner takes all and there's just a lot of spending to make sure that you are that winner thankfully right. we are a brand and if you look at any other brand at play right let's take the example of apparel uh, mm-hmm. apparel has at least 10 brands which are all anywhere from 600 700 crore revenues to around 1200 mm-hmm. crores uh, mm-hmm. homegrown ones international ones h&m zara uh, you know you have the arvin mills you have uh, uh, you know so bunch of brands you have madura you have mm-hmm. vanus and louis philip so you have a lot of different brands which each uh, satisfy a particular niche or a particular customer segment in a very good way and they're all growing right and you have mm-hmm. manyavar you have soch so you have different kinds of things now uh, i'm not saying that in the home home decor industry there'll be 10 such brands maybe there are three or four such brands uh, yeah. and all of us are trying to be one of those brands which can actually be a big player maybe a thousand crore company in the next let's say 5 7 years uh because it's very easy to get carried away in the immediacy of competition in terms of what schemes what you know discounts and stuff but i do not really think that's a great way to build a sustainable business and for us building a sustainable business going for the ipo making sure that we are profitable is a very core uh priority so we are not going to do anything which is short term we are not going mm-hmm. to do and we have done and we have burnt our fingers in the past right we mm-hmm. have that experience also of having done that and mm-hmm. today i think we are much clearer in terms of the direction that we want to go in which is to be a profitable company and uh, towards that i don't think competition is today the uh, you know necessarily the, the problem i think the mm-hmm. problem is uh, can we get the right kind of products can we make sure despite the demand let's say you know now is a festival season last mm-hmm. year when we had the festival season we had lot more challenges in actually delivering because our demand just far outstripped supply uh but can we make sure that this year when we have a similar kind of demand uh we are able to make sure that supply across whether it's delhi or whether it's calcutta we deliver at the same promised timeline right and those are more fundamental challenges which is why the customer either comes to you or does not come to you it is not really because of competition so uh yes competition is a reality but i think it's a bit too early for this sector to focus yet on competition as long as mm-hmm. we can focus on product supply chain and customer experience i think we will be uh one of those top brands in the next 5 years that's amazing okay let's come a little outside of an ladder so when you started what do you wish you had known when you started out like you know it could be something very small or it could be oh i so wish i knew that you know i could have fixed this major issue that i saw in 2017 something of that sort <laughs> i uh, see it's uh, see one thing i strongly believe is all of us have to uh go through our own startup journeys because mm-hmm. uh you know theoretically as much as we know uh we unless it hits us right either the first time you do a layoff or the first time you actually hire a very smart candidate or the first time you set up a new city or the first uh you know person that resigns from you without your you know uh you wanting it to happen the first time you raise money first time you get a rejection everything mm-hmm. is something that you probably have heard uh listened to in a podcast seen a youtube video read a lot on the internet but unless you go through it yourself uh i don't think the gra- you know the gravity of it is something that hits you uh so i you know as much as it sounds politically correct i don't think i would have one thing that i would have known earlier i think mm-hmm. uh you know probably in hindsight i think some level of coaching mentoring of what the startup 
founder you know the co-founder the founders go through uh, i think mm-hmm. that whole thing is still very weak in india and mm-hmm. uh, if there is some level of coaching on what the startup founder goes through to make sure that they handle the pluses or the minuses with some level of equanimity uh, to make sure that you ride the wave as well as the crest i think that will be helpful right because i think that entire ecosystem is still growing it's grown too fast the number of startup founders the number of investors but the real coaching the that level of maturity and the number of people who can really coach and mentor has not grown at that pace so mm-hmm. i think that's something that's lacking because uh, the really successful folks are very busy building their own companies we don't have mm-hmm. as many people who have sort of taken a step back to be able to do this and i mm-hmm. think that's something that uh, will be pretty useful for startup founders uh, because ups and downs are just part of life and how do they handle the company how do they handle their own emotions uh, their learnings their self awareness you know what they are going to go through even on the personal side i think that part is pretty critical because i can see a lot of startup founders not being able to do justice to it and uh, really it impacting them either on health on relationships on uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of fronts and uh, I, you know i think i i personally feel strongly about that and uh, that's the only thing that i would feel that i think the startup industry in india probably requires right now in ample quantity okay i think you kind of said something about failing and giving up right so like when i was graduated like 2011 or something all of us were placed in different companies starting from paypal google infosys cognizant but after 2 3 years most of them they wanted to start up and most of them when i say 60% at least and they all started up as well but you know today i would say 50% really failed or given up and then joined another company something of that sort so why do you think in especially in indian ecosystem a lot of startups fail or at least the startups why do they even fail i think statistically whether it's the indian ecosystem whether it's israel whether it's the valley <laughs> i think uh, the failure rate of startups is probably very similar i honestly don't know enough to comment on this topic but somewhere yeah. intuitively it feels like the percentage failure rate is probably going to be similar okay mm-hmm. uh, it mm-hmm. just that the number of companies that get formed maybe in an israel or in uh, the us is far higher right so mm-hmm. just the number of success stories the number of companies that seem to succeed is probably also uh, a direct ripple effect of that because the number of investors the amount of capital everything is much higher there uh, yeah. having said that i think india has had a phenomenal change in the last 7 10 years so today mm-hmm. you have at least i would say approximately 5x both you know in all fronts right number of entrepreneurs number of people who want to join a startup number of investors uh, number of surrounding ecosystem players all of that stuff is at least 4 to 5x so uh i think it is grown and uh, the reason why you know to your question on the failure rate i think see one is i think we probably still need a lot more coaching and mentoring for the entire startup ecosystem right now uh mm-hmm. to be able to get it to the levels that maybe uh a silicon valley or a china is but having mm-hmm. said that those ecosystems are at least you know anywhere from 40 years to 15 20 years ahead of us uh okay. so we have to go through our own learnings to get there you can't sh- short circuit some of the stuff but it's only growing one way right you know the number of startups is also higher the number of failures is also higher today right mm-hmm. because everything is higher in terms of just the number of amount of capital and stuff having said that uh, i think it's also important to understand that failure is just part of running a startup right 90% of startups are going to fail and uh, you know i know of so many people who have had a successful first startup and their second startup is nowhere as close to successful so uh, mm-hmm. or you could have had three failures and gone back to corporate life Uh, mm. i think the way we look at failure now whether that's a layoff 
or whether that's a failed startup i think that has to fundamentally change because the mindset of the person who's looking at the failure seems to be uh, very old school right let's mm-hmm. say you're a startup founder and if you failed uh, and uh, just coincidentally i wrote today on linkedin on that if you're a startup founder if you fail it feels mm-hmm. like uh, you're joining a company and you've gotten lucky that you got a job after the failure or True. it feels like people in that company are looking at you you know with some kind of a leverage that you know you can pay whatever you can give whatever designation you're going to mm-hmm. join because you know you really want to come back to the workforce i think it has to be the other way around uh, you know because i think the company needs to feel that it is lucky to have you because you have done something which is first of all extremely risky which no one in that company probably did uh mm-hmm. two you have probably gained a bunch of skills that are going to be useful for that company that's why i'm recruiting you right i'm not recruiting okay. you because you've been a, done a startup i'm recruiting you because i feel you are the best candidate to be able to take on this role that i'm hiring for so sure. the experiences that you have are probably far richer than someone who has just done another similar role in a different company because you have done that and you have done something more so i think the mindset shift has to happen in companies mm-hmm. and in recruiting managers to say that hey let me figure out a fit and as long as mm-hmm. the fit is there let me treat you as actually someone special and once yeah. that happens i think startup founders also will not have that much of a uh, you know a, a mental hurdle to fail because today it feels like oh what is plan b what what if i fail right mm-hmm. i think that worry is always there for someone who wants to start up but once Correct. that m- becomes much easier in terms of okay you give it a good shot two years if that doesn't happen you're going to get uh, an awesome job somewhere where you can sort of use what you have already learned i think that whole cycle again it's one of maturity our startup ecosystem is very nascent i think it is happening slowly uh, and it will happen over time but i think that shift needs to happen in a mature startup ecosystem that's right so my next question is about startup again so when is the right time to start up what's the right time to start up like should i start up after my college when once i have an idea or should i work as a software engineer be a product manager and then decide to start up so when can i start up whenever you feel is right is the right time you know again <laughs> it's one of those answers that doesn't have a real answer because you could start up at 26 you could start up at 50 uh, mm-hmm. both are right as long as you feel that you are uh, you know you have the energy to start up and mm-hmm. uh, instead of more more importantly uh, i would say Uh, ahead of when you start up i think it's about why you are starting up right which is mm-hmm. i think more important whether it's a 26 or whether it's a 50 uh, mm-hmm. and the why you are starting up is not because of the romance of running a startup or because you have a bad boss or you want to make money all of these are really wrong reasons right mm-hmm. it has to be because you have a dying urge to solve a problem for an audience which is hopefully in an industry which is big right because that's mm-hmm. the only way you're going to be spending the next 10 years uh, uh of your life building something useful because you want to create impact in that field that you've chosen and uh, it's good that that field is big so that you know you have a long runway you know and investors are interested and you get you know some kind of capital all of that stuff it's also extremely important that it's not just something that's your skill set but it's also something that you that's your passion because uh you're going to go through ups and downs and if you don't have either the skill set or the passion you're going to give up uh mm-hmm. and i think that's an important part that's amazing in terms of at least starting up it's certainly not as much the time that you're starting up as much as the why you're starting up right so i think that's more important to get right okay that that's an amazing answer so i think from startups let's move to the product management because we have a lot of listeners who are aspiring product managers as well as the product managers itself so 
what's what's the ideal skill set for a product manager according to you at urban ladder um in terms of ideal product manager skill set see it depends on what kind of a product that you want to build because product mm-hmm. management is a vast field you have mm-hmm. digital products of course which is i'm assuming what you're largely talking about even within digital products there are b2c products then there are b2b products and there are b2b2c products uh then there are physical mm-hmm. products because uh there is going to be a big part of the economy that's also going to be working on physical products uh at some core level i'll talk about those horizontal skills which are i think extremely important for product managers in respect to of which kind of product they're going to be building one is uh mm-hmm. in terms of just uh that whole triad of business engineering and design because you are you're not either part of business you're not part of engineering you're not part of design of course it is possible that you come from one of these fields but you probably are mm-hmm. not going to be a full timer on any of those fields so appreciation and uh, that uh, sort of venn diagram intersection of these three fields i think is important to uh, data in terms of i think uh, any good product manager is very strong on data and keeps looking at data a lot of relevant data data not for the sake of it but data for the sake of getting insights and actionable insights mm-hmm. and even the way you mm-hmm. configure experiments you where you do an ab experiment in your product i think has to be towards getting some kind of data which is actionable right making control mm-hmm. variables in a way that you're you know getting useful data third is uh, some level of appreciation while i called out design engineering and business in my first point i think uh, it mm-hmm. is extremely important for product managers in the future to be very strong on design uh, and i say mm-hmm. that with a bit not because there are newer jobs called product designers which are becoming popular in the valley it's just that uh, mm-hmm. i think a very strong appreciation of design is what's going to help you really connect with the customer at a level that you can give a wow or a delight uh, of course not mm-hmm. all of us are born with a very strong right brain but uh, it it is possible to cultivate that by making sure that you just improve that muscle uh, last but not the least i think uh, there are i would say two uh, really core skill sets which is to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with the customer just make sure that you are uh, you really understand what the customer psyche is right and there comes some level of consumer uh psychology is extremely important uh understanding why consumers act or behave the way they do it it is extremely mm-hmm. useful in drawing out a very believable persona or life in the day off uh and it is mm-hmm. also i think important to understand and appreciate uh communication as a skill set because you're going to be interacting with a lot of people uh whether that's advertising mm-hmm. whether that's marketing whether that's business so communication as a skill set you have to be able to communicate what you have in your mind otherwise you're not being you know going to be able to be a great product manager so i think these are the two i would say core more functional uh more horizontal skill sets that you also need in addition to some of the vertical skill sets so so the urban ladder is hiring now we're not unfortunately hiring for product managers we are hiring <laughs> for engineers though okay rajesh i think it was great talking to you and your busy schedule you agreed to talk to us thank you so much really really appreciate we'll be keep seeing our ladder growing more and more and more congratulations on all the nice things you do thank you so much my Dad. pleasure uh, thanks for having me uh, hope uh, that this is of uh, some little use to the people who are listening uh, just uh, have an awesome career i think you know there is just a phenomenal set of opportunities that are there right now in india in both the startup world as well as uh, other uh, corporates so i'm happy to answer any further questions on this you can just ping me on linkedin Wow, that's amazing. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of messages. Thank you so much, Rajesh. Sure. Bye-bye. Thanks,